Good morning and a happy Sunday. Today we are going to cover together the healing of the lame man who was sitting outside the temple and he was begging for for money what a situation what a sad one and our title in order to cover this in chapter 3 and chapter 4 I will go straight to that courage in the face of the adversary courage in the face of any opposition let me read two verses from Acts chapter 4 verses 19 and 20 verse 19 says but Peter and John answered and said to them them meaning all those the Sanhedrin all the chief priests and their supporters who uh, brought uh, the two disciples before them and uh, they have uh, put them like a court. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot Stop speaking what we have seen and heard. The healing of the lame man, that's the story. In Acts chapter 3 is a miracle that brings the first wave of opposition against the early church. As a result, Peter, accompanied by John, delivered his second sermon, calling on the people to repent and return from their wicked ways that their sins may be wiped away. This disturbed the priests and their supporters. They laid hands on them and put them in jail. But did it stop the church from growing? A church, in my opinion, should not worry when its voice is challenged. The church must never learn to live in peaceful coexistence with evil. For to live like this in existence is to die. Here before us we find the courage of the first church displayed as its members exhibit genuine Christian conviction and courage. As it was then, let me tell you, dear friends, as it was then in the early church, today the church is under a surging wave of opposition and hostility. Christianity is being mocked. Christians are being persecuted. And many are being killed because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
New reports reveal that Christian, Christian persecution of biblical proportions is booming around the world. I read recently about the church in some places in the world has gone underground. What causes this? I believe it's hatred to the gospel of Christ and the Christians. I want you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 4, verse 1 through 9. 1 through 9. And as they were speaking, that is John and Peter, to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to about 500. I'll stop here for the sake of time, and we continue our message. I would like to let you know at this moment the church fears no earthly power. The church fears no earthly power. In verse 9, Peter said, If we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name this man stands here before you in good health. Praise God. Since the church was born on Pentecost, the disciples preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and his resurrection everywhere they went. Many got saved and others formed mobs against them. Here before us today, two of the disciples thrown in jail by the leaders of the temple who had vested interest, yes, and wanted no truth proclaimed that threatened their interests and positions. What was their sin? Preaching the gospel of Jesus and his resurrection. That was their sin. May I take you back to an incident in the history of our nation. In the state of Virginia, a long time ago, which was settled first by members of the Church of England, a state church existed for a while. Two Baptist preachers were jailed in Virginia because they had no Episcopal license to preach. Patrick Henry came to the courthouse during the trial to defend these men. Holding the indictment in his hand, he stood up in the court and asked, What is the indictment against these men? Preaching the glorious gospel of the Son of God, our great God? 
Is this the indictment? Are there no thieves going around free, not arrested and not convicted? Are there no murderers upon whom to visit the vengeance of the law that you must indict and try these men for preaching the gospel? His impassioned plea resulted in the release of these two Baptist preachers and went on to carry on with their work. As I said, we fear, church, we fear no earthly power. And we should not. And the next point, the Christian, we have no choice. Let's look now at see and see the answer of Peter and John of the early church. Verses 19 and 20, 4, 19 and 20. I'll read it. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. But we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. We have no other choice. We will not keep silent. This is our answer. We have no other choice and we don't want any other choice. H.G. Wells once said, The trouble with so many people is that the voice of their neighbors sounds louder in their ears than the voice of God. God help us. The trouble is we are not opening our mouth. Some said of John Knox that he feared God so much that he never feared the face of any man. C. William Barclay, man of God, writes in his book, The Acts of the Apostle, and he says, this incident a papal envoy have envoy have having threatened Martin Luther by saying that his followers were deserting him. He answered. Where he they, they asked him, where will you be after people desert you? Luther replied, then as now. I will be in the hands of God. What a, what a great place to be. Church, this is our challenge today. I feel it. I, I feel the challenge. I hope each and every one of us will feel it as we see it happening before our eyes. As are we to stand against this enormous tide? Against God? And the true Christians? Or shall we fold and join the majority and live a watered-down Christianity? Do we have the courage that empowered the early Christians who threw their faith in the Almighty? As the Bible says, I quote, 
They conquered kingdoms. They performed acts of righteousness. They obtained the promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, and escaped the edge of the sword. From weakness, they were made strong, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. What an honor these men and women who went before us. What an honor. They knew they had no other choice. And they chose to be with God. And today, we are called for this honor in this atheistic age to stand and fight the good fight till the last moments of our lives. Truly, we have, I repeat, no choice. Chrysostom, the ancient church father, was a beautiful example of true Christian courage. When he stood before the Roman emperor, he was threatened with banishment if he remained a Christian. Chrysostom replied, you cannot, for the world is my father's house. You cannot banish me anywhere, but I will slay you, the emperor said. No, but you cannot, said the noble champion of the faith, for my life is hid in Jesus Christ. And the emperor repeated, I will take away your treasures. No, but you cannot, was the answer. In the first place, I have nothing in the world here. Not at all. My treasure is in heaven and my heart is there. But I will drive you away from man and you shall have no friend left. No, answered the friend of God. You cannot do that. For I have a friend in heaven from whom you shall not separate me. I defy, I defy you, emperor. There is nothing you can do to hurt me. That's the courage that is required nowadays. That's what we need. We should have the honor to stand with those people we read about and see this man, how he stood. You cannot hurt me. My last point is the Christian has one Lord and no life without him. Do you feel that way? If you feel that way, I congratulate you. We have one Lord, folks, and no life without him. Peter makes it very clear that the lame man has been healed through the name of Jesus Christ, period. Acts 4.9 tells us about it. The two disciples, Acts 4.9, it says, <clears throat> if we are on trial today for a benefit done to, say, to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, 
whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By this name, this man stands before you in a good health. This is important. They cannot pay attention to the threatening of the chief priests and his people and all what they gathered, those people he gathered to just scare them. No attention to their worldly voices because they know their Lord was over all. He continues in verse 12 saying, and there is salvation in no one else. There is no name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Where is the timid Peter? Where is the denying Peter? Nowhere to be found since Jesus met him on the shore of a Tiberian Sea and turned his life around. What a stand and what a courage. And friends, we are called at this point in our lives to be loyal soldiers in Christ's army and fight the good fight of faith. It's coming. Let's be prepared. And listen to what the Bible says. We are not to give in and we are not to be afraid. Through thee, the psalmist said in chapter 44, verse 5, through thee, we will push back our adversaries. Through your name, we will trample down those who rise against us. We have a God who's never lost a battle, who's never lost a war. We have a God, we have a God who's always been victorious. Oh yes, we have one Lord and no life without him. Let those who oppose scream and threaten. Our God is supreme. No weapon formed against you, Christians can prosper. When Peter stood up to address the opponents of Christianity, he held up before them the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, whom you crucified. Courage, amen, and more. He told them he is your last chance. I'm giving you an offer. Take it. And some of them did. And many went away. We're challenged today. We are asked to seize this opportunity while we can still reach others and tell the good news about Jesus and his salvation. It may be our last chance to preach the gospel. 
listen to my words. It may be our last chance to preach the gospel. This world is in complete shambles, period. And quickly building an ugly animosity against God and his people. Do we retreat and fall? May God forbid. For we know that he who is with us is greater than he who is in the world. We shall move forward knowing that we have God on our side. With him leading our troops, we are assured to win and proclaim victory in his name. Amen. Notice that Peter was placing the resurrected Christ before the people's eyes to see that in him alone, in him alone, wow, there is power over sin and death. With courage, we have never seen that in Peter before. He preached the gospel that can change lives. All through the ages, Christ's power brought sight to the blind, life to the dead, healing for the sick, and forgiveness for so many people in this world. This is the only answer to today's problems. Jesus alone. We have a responsibility. We have a large responsibility. And time to move forward. And I hope, I hope, will be able to meet in this auditorium, in our church, that we miss so much. I do. We hope to be back soon. And may the Lord give us that courage that will go against all our enemies and win the battles and the war. And if I'm addressing someone who is unsaved. I ask you to, seriously to consider this dangerous age we are living in and ask Jesus Christ to save you. And the question is, on whose side are you? And when you come to Jesus and ask him to save you, he will guide you to a perfect way and will fill you with great joy and peace. Trust in him, and he will manage your life. E. Stanley Jones said two words. He was right when he wrote, Christ or chaos. I repeat, Christ or chaos. What happened to those two disciples? As I said, these are my last words. Did the gospel survive? It reached us. Because the church overcame every upheaval. And the gospel survived. And the church today lives. The Sanhedrin body, where are they? 
where's, what happened to their threats? And the disciples, where did they go after that? They let them go. They let them out. One test of a Christian's character is where you find him, where he finds fellowship and companionship. I read these two. I leave them with you in uh, verse 21 and 23. And when they had threatened them further, they let them go. They found no basis on which they might punish them. It's like these two Baptist preachers long, long time ago. For the man, verse 22, who was more than 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had performed, and he was standing with them. He had no crutches, by the way. And when they had been released, they went to their own companions. They went where? To their own companions. In all ages, friends, one test of a Christian character, one test of a Christian character is where he finds fellowship and companionship. Who are your friends? Who is your companion? With whom do you have fellowship? May the Lord help us to realize that we should have fellowship with the Lord and with our friends and family, the family of Christ. With this, I wish you a wonderful Sunday. And let's have this courage, the courage that got Peter through. It's Christ standing with us. He will never leave us, I always say, nor forsake us. And let us go forward and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, we are thankful that we can still preach the gospel. We're thankful for this portion of scripture that gives us the courage to continue the journey. Things are getting difficult and will get more difficult. But is there anything that is impossible for our God? No, we shall go forward. We shall live and we shall serve. And we look forward to the trumpet that sounds. And then we shall be with you forever and ever. Until then, give us strength and courage to continue the journey. In Jesus' name we ask and pray.